Andrew Keeland. Android 138 Flatline Audio 138. In dreams your dreams miss you, an audio exploration. Episode 2. The 31st of January, 2019, 7am Dream 11. I was sitting on the floor, in the middle of a mall, with a bunch of other people my age, like a classroom. No chairs though, we were all just sitting on the floor, with laptops on stands in front of us. We may have been sitting on huge pillows on the mall floor. It was dark inside, with only the glow of everyone's laptops for light, so you could barely see the people in the room. We were all using an audio program. The intro on my laptop screen was a mountain scene, with one big mountain in the center. On the screen, a huge dinosaur bird swoops down and flies from out of screen, away from the viewer toward the mountain. It flies up the front of the mountain. There were huge rock pillars starting from the bottom of the mountain, going all the way up to the top as it flew up. They were all the same height, and evenly spaced. The dinosaur eagle bird gets about halfway up the mountain, lands on a stone pillar, and crushes it with one of its talon claw feet. He lets out a loud and obnoxious dinosaur eagle cry, and then the logo snaps into frame. It was called Sound Claw. Sound came from the left of the screen, and claw came from the right. It went like this. Dinosaur Eagle Cry and then Sound Claw, in a super macho voice. There was the faint sound of the instructor, lecturing and walking around the room, which was in the middle of a dark mall, where customers would walk. I was the only one using headphones. The instructor walks up to me, and I take my headphones off. He asks why my volume was up so loud, maxed out, on my computer. I said that it was the only way I could hear it. He says well, is that so, and grabs my laptop, pulling it away from me. While doing so, he rips out my headphone jack. In one motion, he had grabbed my laptop and whipped it across the room really fast, where a teacher's aide caught it, and took it to be fixed. As he did this, he said, you won't be needing this anymore, in an Ace Ventura voice. The instructor was Jim Carrey. He had a short beard, a goatee, and glasses on. The rest of his outfit was exactly what he wears as Ace Ventura in Pet Detective. There was a short pause, where he just continued to stare at me, with one of his goofy Jim Carrey faces. Then he stopped, turned around, and continued to lecture to the class, saying now, he continued talking but it became softer and softer, trailing off until I could no longer hear it. End. The 31st of January, 2019 into the 1st of February, 2019 Dream 12 Two-Part Dream. Part 1 Daytime Forward Slash Evening. It was me, Paul, Junetto, Tashana, Ed Hoff, Dion M, Dane C, Daniello, Dan G, Casey G, Nancy A, Brandon F, and Corinne C. We were all in and out and around this cabin in a field. The cabin had a light on in it. We were all paying close attention to Doug, and watched him closely. 
We had him on some sort of suicide watch. We would gather around and talk about what we were going to do. How we were going to protect him from himself. Then, we couldn't find him. We then saw him in the cabin, and hung out with him. The next moment, he was gone, and we were all looking for him again. Then the dream ended. End. Part 2 Daytime Forward Slash Summer At a place that looked like the fairgrounds in Monroe, but not exactly. Summertime. It was me, Paul, Nick F, Joe C, Jim C, BJF, Dane C. We were all supposed to set up this gigantic tent, like an event tent. But it wasn't a metal structure. It looked just like one of those small, dome, single-person tents, only it was the size of a huge event tent. We were all annoyed because we had just finished taking it down, and all gotten into our swimming suits for some reason. We were annoyed that we all had to put our work clothes back on and put it back up. Erica G was there at the fairgrounds for some reason. The song Come to My Window by Melissa Etheridge was playing the whole time. I asked Nick F where he was going. He said I'll be right back. I have to get candy. End. February 10, 19 into February 11, 19 Dream 13 Daytime. Nick F House, B-Town. Daytime. Summer. Outside of his house by the basketball hoop. Me, Nick and Steve. We are supposed to clean and clear out the garage for their dad, which we start to do. About halfway through, we notice a garbage bin, about half full of trash and paper. Nick goes in the house to take a shower, and Steve had just left. I pull the trash bin out of the garage, and start digging through it by the basketball hoop. I sift through the trash and papers on top, when I notice a burlap sack with something in it at the bottom. I push the bin over and the sack rolls to the end and lays halfway out of the bin. I open up the top of the sack and look in, the sack had a dead body in it. I then go in the house, freaked out, to tell Nick what happened. We then go outside to check it out some more. Then his dad comes home and we show him what we found. All of us freaked out and confused, we look into the garage again. End. February 12, 19 into February 13, 19 Dream 14 2 Part Dream. Part 1 Daytime Summer. Tushana, Paul, Mom, Dad, Scott W, me, and some girl I was with. It was like we were in some sort of race against time, as in a physical race that meant life or death. It seemed to be me and my family was there to keep me from drinking and getting FD up. There was a picnic table that we all sat down at. My family lectured me about not drinking or something, like an intervention. It felt odd, like and I know you have to do this apocalypse, twisted metal style, death race against time in a few minutes, but we are gonna sit you down at this picnic table and have a drug and alcohol intervention first. Anyway, after that, I got into some bashed up car, that was modified with armor and weapons, like many machine guns strapped to the hood, missile rockets on the sides and whatnot. Scott was in a dream but not in the car with me, 
I was alone. Then, I was in this strange death race against time. It then turned into night time. Part 2 Nighttime Summer, continued from Part 1. It was night, and I was in this thrash death machine car, driving into the entrance of a junkyard. I drove slowly and entered the open center of the junkyard, which had a huge fire in the center of this open circle. The circle was created by all of the used tires in the junkyard. As I was pulling in, there were other cars parked in the circle around a raging fire. In the middle of the fire, there was a big wooden stake, with a mask of the 90s cartoon version of Batman's Joker villain. To the side, standing behind a big podium, was Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal. It was the Twisted Metal Black Game version, with actual flames for hair and so on. He was giving a speech to all of the people surrounding in the junkyard, who were in their death machine cars. Also, the Joker mask in the fire was on fire, but not melting or even changing or being burned. It was old, ripped and torn, on fire, but not burning away. Dream ends. February 14, 19 into February 15, 19 Dream 15 to Part Dream. Part 1 Daytime. An older woman, a grandmother, and her granddaughter walking along a train station platform. The grandmother was carrying the granddaughter, who was about six, with brown hair, and wearing a yellow raincoat. The girl hands the grandmother a full sheet of white paper, which was folded in half. The grandmother opens it, notices a bunch of words written on it, but just folds it back because she was preoccupied with carrying the granddaughter. Part 2 Evening at an old wooden country house. It was the home of the little girl and her mother. The mother had short blonde hair. It was the grandmother and the daughter at the house. They were in the kitchen. The kitchen had a door in it, which you would think lead to a basement, but it was just a sort of chute from the top floor, down to the first floor, where the kitchen was located. It was like a laundry chute, only wider, and bigger. Part 3 Nighttime the husband shows up and is with the grandmother, mother, and daughter. Later, the husband of the woman is murdered, and they never figure out who did it. Soon, the father of the daughter shows up, the ex-husband of the woman, and the family starts to think that he killed the woman's new husband. He then chases the woman around, trying to talk and figure out what happened, and the woman thinks that he is trying to kill her and take the daughter, so she keeps running away. At one point, she has to jump down the chute, from the top floor, to the bottom floor. The chute was almost like a breathing entity, like a throat, lined with guts and bones and body parts for some reason. Nowhere else to go, she jumps down this bloody, throat chute, head first and claws her way to the first floor, through the door that leads to the kitchen. She turns around and the ex-husband was yelling for the woman and crawling through the bloody gut throat down to the first floor kitchen where the woman is. She takes a jacket 2x4 from next to the door and stabs him through the chest, killing him. Part 4 Dusk into Dawn After this, the wife, daughter, and grandmother were there, and a swarm of police cars show up at the house, and start to walk up to the house, pound on the door, and the grandmother lets them in. The mother, who 
killed the ex-husband, panics and runs into a back room, which had random papers taped to the walls, and shoots herself with a gun she had grabbed from under the bed in that room. The police run into the room and find her dead. Soon, the police leave, after questioning the grandmother and granddaughter. Then the grandmother sees the piece of folded paper in her purse that the granddaughter had given her earlier. She finally reads what was written on the paper and it says, It was me. I did it. Written over and over. Filling up the whole page. Dream ends. February 18, 19 into February 19, 19 Dream 16. My niece, sitting cross-legged on the couch, at my parents' house, wearing a white dress with black tights, a dance outfit. She was holding a pile of quarters in her two hands. For some reason she started to drop them, one by one, down the heat register. I had walked over to her and closed her hands around the remaining pile of quarters, and quietly said, Don't do that, you need to save them. Dream ends. February 19, 19 into February 20, 19 Dream 17 Nighttime. At Villa Pizza in Broadhead, working and helping out. It was Doug and I, working in the kitchen with Nash and his son. They needed help, so his son asked me if I could come back and work there a few nights a month to help out. I lived in Milwaukee. I agreed to and he thanked me for the help. Then my dad was there in the kitchen, we were all younger. He talked to Frank with us and asked me if that was what I wanted to do. We set up the plan, and my dad, Doug, and I left Villa. We were going to go home, when my dad asked us if we had seen the plane that the town was excavating, just outside Broadhead. We both said no, what plane, what are you talking about? My dad then replied, the plane, just outside of town. There is a plane, buried in the ground. Someone had found it, and now it's sitting in a crater-sized hole in the ground. Do you want to go see it? Doug and I both replied with a yes, so we all got into a truck and drove out of town, from Villa, straight out to Airport Road. We drove a ways and pulled into a field, where there was this crater with a plane inside of it. It was a smaller plane, but not a tiny one. It was not a huge passenger plane though, but it was in the shape of one. It was the whole plane, but the outside, metal body casing was gone, so we could see all of the seats and everything inside, like the skeleton of a plane, being excavated out of the ground. I was looking at it and said, wow, this is strange. Weird. My dad replied, yeah, pretty weird. I thought you had heard about it. Then, some weird, car dirt race started to happen in the field next to us for some reason, so we got into the truck, and left back into town. Doug went home next door, and Dad and I went in our house to talk to my mom and sister about it. They thought that it was really interesting, but also really strange. Then this dream ended with Doug and I, at a later time, both working at Villa, not broadhead. I guess we were both living together in an apartment there in Orperville, and worked at the Orperville Villa Pizza. Dream ends. February 23rd, 
about, have you seen Chris? I said no. He said, well, I was talking with my boy and some of the others, and he said, that they heard, that Chris wants you dead. Apparently, I was with this Chris person's girlfriend, whoever Chris is, the party goes on around me as I continue wandering around this house by myself, holding a red solo cup, surrounded by people partying. It was almost quiet. The sound of the party, the music, the noise, the conversations, sounded hazy and muffled. Like how it would look and sound if a bomb or loud bang went off close to you, but the party was going on like a normal party. Then I see that woman, walk down the hall, only to turn the corner and disappear. She had long black hair, a red sparkling dress, and was also holding a red solo cup. She looked back at me, just before she turned the corner and disappeared. Then, I met this Chris character, who stopped me in the hall, with about five other people with him. They started talking at me with some frat boy garbage about not talking to or looking at his girl, like this was the movie and see no man or something. Anyway, after his threats that he was going to kill me, I lose him and his friends in the crowded house. When the party was winding down, and people were leaving, I see this Chris character and his buddies again. This time, everyone starts fighting and attacking each other and it was getting bloody, almost deadly. It was Chris, and his friends, against me, and my sister's day. He jumps into this brawl on my side for some reason. The party is ending, but a lot of people were still there, with no one else really paying attention to this blood pit in the middle of this house party. Then, the fight ended in an apparent draw, and they scurried out the front door. My sister and her boyfriend soon followed, and walked out the front door, hand in hand. I followed right after. We all walked slow. It was dusk, and even though we had been at this party all night, it wasn't done when we were leaving. Instead, the sun was going down again, and the evening had an orange, red and yellow darkness from the falling sun. As I slowly walked out after, my sister and her boyfriend walked left, also walking slowly, still hand in hand, and I walked right, walking slowly, in awe and confusion for what I saw outside, in this strange, perpetual, night. It was very eerie, the whole night was actually. I walked and looked around me, the streets were full of people who were walking very slowly and staggering around, some even falling and getting back up, then doing it again. All of the people had costumes on, like it was Halloween night. All of their costumes though, were of all of the Disney characters, only they were half-ripped, with busted heads, big heads, like the mascots at Disneyland. Some were even falling to a knee and vomiting, like they were all drugged and were in some sort of trance. As I walked right, across the front of the house we were just in, I saw the woman in the red dress, staring at everything out the window on the second floor. She looked down and saw me as I stopped and looked up. She waved at me out the window, cracked a small smile, obviously horrified in disbelief, as to what was happening outside. I waved back as I stood there a few seconds. Then she dropped the curtain over the window, and I walked on down the road, into this strange, eerie, night. Dream ends.
They were also wearing white suits and hats, singing the lyrics and performing together, as the dream faded out. You, shouldn't have ever be, like me, you know, that you shouldn't have ever be, like, me. Dream ends. Thank you.